Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Columbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. Hey, really glad you're with us for the Thursday edition of the Three Martini Lunch. We've got good, bad, but it's a really crazy bad, and an actual crazy uh, martini for conservatives today. Uh, Jim, I noticed that the Queen has turned 96 today, and I realized that, you know, we don't want a monarchy and the prime minister and the rest of the government does most of the work over there, but she's already celebrated 70 years on the throne, so I was making a short list today of the things that we didn't know about or didn't exist when she became queen, like rock and roll. Um, Ronald and Nancy Reagan weren't married yet, uh, 17 years before we landed on the moon. So, you know, uh, a little bit's happened uh, since she's become queen. So, uh, uh, well, we don't want that system, the longevity is kind of impressive. It is. And you think about all the amazing things to hit, to witness to history she's been, but also, I think also an influencer of history. The uh, degree to which she is arguably the most connected, most uh, who's had more meetings, with more world leaders over that span. And just think, Greg, we, we kind of feel, I feel kind of, you know, even though we're not British and even though uh, the idea of having a monarchy might seem kind of silly to us, I'm just really glad she survived the assassination attempt by Reggie Jackson back in the late 1980s. That was critical. That was critical. I mean, that would have been a really huge black eye for Los Angeles. And thankfully, uh, the dedicated detectives of the police squad uh, in Los Angeles, uh, Drebin and Greg, so forth. that would have been the single most devastating crime committed by a professional athlete in the L.A. area since, um, well, Nordberg, I guess. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. All right. We're, we're just going to take that joke and drive it into the ground, dear listeners. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Good Good times. Good times. Well, congratulations to the queen, uh, I guess. Uh, and given what's coming behind her in that family, the longer she stays there, the better. Uh, anyway, let's move on to our official good martini today. And Jim, we've been talking about it for a while, just about everyone expects the Republicans to take back the House unless they really step on a rake, which is not impossible for this party. Trust me, uh, it's happened before. But uh, two of the most closely watched uh, political reporters and prognosticators on this, the Cook Report and Larry Sabato's crystal ball at the University of Virginia, are both out with uh, new projections here. And uh, both are looking uh, pretty good for uh, Republicans in uh, the House rating changes over at the crystal ball. There's 11 changes, all of them moving in the direction of Republicans, most of them from likely to safe. Uh, then there are some Democratic ones that there's one in Nevada that went from leans Democrat to toss up and then likely uh, Democrat to lean Democrat in New York. So uh, based on those 11 ratings, I'm not sure how many will change hands over the Cook report, though. Uh, they say there are 27 Democratic held seats in toss up or worse versus just 12 GOP held seats in toss up or worse. And this disparity is certain to widen, they say, once Florida and New Hampshire complete redistricting. So, uh, Jim, we've talked about how all the conditions seem to be in place for a good Republican year. And uh, these folks who are, you know, certainly no Republican partisans seem to be thinking in that direction as well. Yeah. And if listeners are like, well, we kind of knew this. OK, this is not exactly shocking news. It's just always nice to see data and the people who do this for a living seeing the same things that we thought we were seeing in the polling numbers and things like that. I do think it is worth noting that because of redistricting, 
our conception of a really good midterm for elect election year for Republicans is probably shaped by 2010, maybe 2014, when Republicans won the Senate back, uh, or maybe 1994. And it probably, you know, based on what we're seeing right now, it won't be on that scale, not because there hasn't been as dramatic a shift in the political environment, but more that one part because of redistricting and the Democrats have been able to uh, hold, draw the lines in ways to benefit themselves in a couple of states, but also the fact that, remember, this is a fairly small Democratic House majority. On paper, you know, you flip six seats, Republicans gain gain the House. So it's compared to the 2010 cycle, compared to 1994, Joe Biden really didn't sweep in this really, with big coattails, this big House majority full of low-hanging fruit of guys who, you know, kind of won in a fluke and, and situation like that. You almost every year when a new president gets elected, you have that. And that's what is the easiest opportunities for the party out of power in the midterms. Probably won't see that, but you're still looking at a 25-30 seat gain. That would be a big deal. It would create a very solid House majority for Republicans. So um, all in all, good in what we kind of expect to see. And I also just think like the the fact that it's not changing. Like we, we, polling for Biden has been bad, I would argue, since Afghanistan. And month goes by, months goes by, you might be like, well, okay, yeah, but Democrats have time. It can't stay this bad. Well, actually, no, it can get worse. And then you see things like they're doing like Title, title 42, or the idea that the Biden administration wants to go to court to make sure you have still have to wear masks on airlines. The political instincts out of this administration aren't getting any better. Um, and it's also, the other thing I think is kind of just this fascinating illustration of the mentality of the voters and their what have you done for me lately uh, attitude as much as we're frustrated by the mass by and large since the omicron wave ended the the covid 19 pandemic is over my guess is it probably hasn't affected your life in much of a way uh over the last couple of weeks and it's nice uh, you know, that's one thing you got going for you unfortunately because of inflation food prices gas prices um, crime issues at the border all kinds of other things in your life you don't feel necessarily feel all that much better than you did during the pandemic. So it's just kind of an indication that Biden administration could point to something that they'll claim is a victory. Now, as we all know, had a lot more to do with the Omicron wave uh, and rolling out the vaccines than any particular uh, Biden administration policy that quote unquote ended the pandemic. And no, he did not shut down the virus as promised. Um, but all in all, you know, people are in a bad mood. It doesn't sound like the inflation is gonna change anytime soon. It doesn't sound like supply chain issues are gonna be completely gone away by November. This is a rough political environment, and there's really no reason to think the Democrat is going to get that much better for the Democrats if it gets better at all. No, it's an excellent point. And both parties, uh, when they control the legislature and they redraw the maps, want to make them as safe as possible. So I think we have fewer toss-up districts. So like you said, we're not going to get the 63-seat uh, swing or whatever it was back in 2010, but it should be uh, plenty to give the Republicans the majority, and then a lot of terrible Democratic ideas will get smothered obviously in the House of Representatives where the minority can't get a whole lot done. Jim, I don't know about you. I, I'm guessing you stayed in the same district in Virginia. I got moved. I used to be at the very northern tip of a district that uh, snaked down towards Williamsburg and, and that area. So I was actually a very deep blue part of a very red district. Now I'm in a toss-up district. I'm in Abigail Spanberger's district now. And uh, somebody, I don't know if it was Cook or somebody else, just moved that from Leans Democrat to toss-up. So my mailbox and my cable TV ads are going to be a lot of fun over the next few months. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, but just think about it. Greg, your, your vote could count. <laughs> and no, I don't mean that you're, you know, the elections are rigged or anything like that. It's just saying, you know, having lived in uh, uh, good old, you know, 
beat people up Moran's district over in Alexandria for a while <laughs> and now being over here by Jerry Connolly, who lives really, I don't say a stone's throw from my house. Maybe um, maybe Michael Vick could throw that stone far enough. But, you know, not that far from my house. Uh, Jerry Connolly is very rarely in a competitive district. I think one year he was in that 51-49. But most of the time he wins by a ton. So, yeah, you're going to be inundated with mailers. You're going to be inundated with TV ads. It's, it's going to be it's going to be painful. But, Greg, your vote could actually mean something. And that's, you know, not an opportunity that many, many Americans get anymore. Oh, man. What also is not going to work for Democrats is comparing Republicans to Russian war criminals, which we'll talk about in the next martini. But in the meantime, Jim, uh, you always enjoy sitting in your extra chair. But when you see excellent election projections like this, uh, you could be spending a very fun election night also in your X chair. You know, from the first moment I sat in my X chair, my body immediately said, ah, now this is what a real office chair is supposed to feel like. I never actually looked forward to sitting in my office until I got my X chair. Now, can your current office chair give you a massage while you're working? My X chair can. Can your current office chair heat up or cool down? My X chair can do that too. It's all in the LMAX massage and temperature regulation, which is specifically and exclusively designed and made by X chair. And once you feel the customized support of the X chair patented dynamic variable lumbar or DVL, you will never be happy in any other chair again. High performance, quality engineering, and extreme comfort. These are all the reasons I love my X chair. Now I can't wait to be at work. And sometimes even if I'm not working, I just sit in my X chair just to get that feeling. Take my advice, try the X chair for yourself risk-free for 30 days. Once you realize how much better your chair should be, you'll never go back, I promise. Go to xchairmartini.com now. That's the letter X, chair, M-A-R-T-I-N-I.com. Or call 1-844-4X-CHAIR for $100 off your order. X chair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort, and you can finance your purchase for as little as $30 per month. Xchairmartini.com. All right, Jim, as mentioned just before the ad there, uh, the left is getting more apoplectic, perhaps because they know what is likely to come in November, or it's just what they do in trying to demonize their Republican opponents. We've talked a lot about Ron DeSantis and how the left uh, has tried to uh, demonize him over his uh, legislation, which the Florida legislature also passed on uh, not teaching, you know, most sex ed and gender identity and all that stuff to really young elementary school students. And of course, uh, the left is not happy with that. They also hate Glenn Youngkin. A little bit about that, a little bit more about CRT, and he doesn't want that in schools. And of course, they hate him for giving parents the option on masks. Nicole Wallace, who, remember, used to work for George W. Bush and then was a key figure in the McCain campaign, She's talking about how uh, she believes Republicans and conservatives are dehumanizing people on these issues and compares them to some of the worst people on the planet. Here's what she said. And I worry that in covering Glenn Youngkin and his politics of parental choice, all the focus was on how well it worked. And even in our conversations about DeSantis, it's about how well they're serving him. The, the, the truth is dehumanization as a tactic for politics is from war. Dehumanization is a it's a it's a tactic. It's being used right now. The Russians get their soldiers to rape children by dehumanizing them. Dehumanization as a practice is a tactic of war. 
Jim, she used the air quotes with parental choice as if that was not a real thing. But uh, once you start comparing people and their political opinions to Russian soldiers raping children, you've really lost the plot. And honestly, people should stop listening to you. You know, uh, it's terrible when you dehumanize people, Greg. And that's why we need to think of Republicans as Russian soldiers who need to be killed. <laughs> Which seems kind of dehumanizing. Yeah, I mean, like, the irony is you watch Russian state TV. And I guess all forms of propaganda are kind of clumsy. I, you know, I hope no one thinks of our podcast as propaganda. The truth is bad enough, right? You don't need to gild the lily. You don't need to exaggerate. You don't need to try to use the most incendiary language and whip people up into a frenzy. If your case is strong enough, just lay it out and people are going to see it. Right? Um, which is why, again, I, I don't really think there's any good way for Russia to justify the invasion of Ukraine. But if they'd see you know, the fact they're drug addicted Nazis. Well, you know, get me, call me crazy. I just don't think the Jewish president is a Nazi. Uh, you know, it was, <laughs> it, was, it was kind of ludicrous and over the top and all that kind of stuff. And so MSNBC if you want to say it's kind of like we were talking about earlier in the week when you know Glenn Youngkin is a tyrant at the over at the Washington Post. Yeah. If you want to say Glenn Youngkin is making decisions we don't agree with, fine. If you want to say we think these governors are making decisions, you know, fine. You can go ahead and do that. Lay out why they're wrong. The more you spend time trying to convince me that they've got some sinister and malevolent agenda behind it, like that, oh, you know, Ron DeSantis wants Florida kids to suffer. You know, no, I don't buy that. If you, if you really think this legislation is going to uh, harm kids, lay out how, because honestly, telling, you know, trying to keep stuff age appropriate and not have explicit sex education from K through three strikes me as pretty reasonable. Got to tell you, I'm not I'm not seeing it. You know, I don't, I don't, no one's saying don't teach the kids, you know, uh, the right stuff about don't touch me there and uh, learning to not be, you know, signs of abuse and stuff like that. OK, fine. That's all. That's that's all fine with that. Nobody's saying you can't do that. It's this gender identity and, you know, which part of the alphabet and LGBTQ RX 479, you know, are you are you part of? That's all the stuff they want to keep away from, you know, from not just all elementary schoolers, just the first four years of elementary school, if you count kindergarten. That's not crazy. That's not unreasonable. So, like, the fact that they feel this need to do this, you know, MSNBC can look at Russian state media and say, oh, my God, how could they say that? And all during the Trump years, remember, that it was a common slur upon Fox News as being Trump state media until Fox announced that, you know, Biden had won Arizona. And then all of a sudden Fox News was terrible and it was only one American network or Newsmax, whichever ones or the, uh, the ones people like. It, you know, this degree to which if the case is as self-evident as you think it is, just lay it out. Don't beat the drums. Don't throw around the red meat. Don't don't use it like this. And the fact, you know, MSNBC, particularly the primetime you know, areas, this is what they do. This is their offering. This is what their audience wants. This is their role in the political ecosystem. And just, you know, viewers and buyers beware. At what point do their own viewers finally give up the ship? Or are we so polarized right now that this just feeds them more and more and they actually want this? You'd like to think that even, you know, the most adamant and stringent Glenn Young can foe or, you know, Ron DeSantis hater be like, okay, that's a little much, <laughs> you know, like, I don't really need that. That's, uh, that's actually, but you know, that's, uh, that's where we are. I, 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 I do know the MSNBC, you know, numbers other than Maddow, I believe have really been not very good for a long time. Um, but I wonder if some of this is a way for Comcast to ensure that it's always got certain friends on the left because they're the ones who are running MSNBC. 
Wait till they get primetime sake, then everything's going to change. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, isn't it kind of crazy? Because, well, it's a good thing Jen Saki will be coming on there to moderate the tone some. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's it's turning into Twitter over there. Basically, whoever's the loudest and craziest is the one that's going to get attention. So. Way to go, Nicole Wallace. And again, George W. Bush, um, we're grateful for a lot of things you did. That one, uh, bad hire, bad hire. You probably didn't actually make it, but still, uh, not good. All right, on to <laughs> some more good news, and that is the phenomenal deal you can still get on those MyPillow six-piece towel sets. Love the towels. They are super big and fluffy and soft and they get you dry great they stay strong and uh, exactly how you want them wash after wash and the deal is phenomenal towels regularly 109.99 now only 39.99 a set and listeners you know it the six-piece towel set is made with cotton grown right here in the united states now some of the towels might feel good but they don't absorb very well or maybe they absorb but you don't like how they feel on your skin they've got that lotiony feel well, every MyPillow towel is made from proprietary technology that makes them highly absorbent and soft to the touch. Every set comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. They're available in a variety of colors and sizes. They're machine washable, and they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a one-year limited warranty. For a limited time, get the MyPillow six-piece towel set regularly $109.99 for just $39.99 with the promo code MARTINI. Visit MyPillow.com slash MARTINI or call 800-874-0104. You'll also find deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow Giza Dream Sheets, and so much more. Get your six-piece MyPillow towel set for only $39.99 today at MyPillow.com slash MARTINI or call 800-874-0104 mypillow.com slash martini. All right, Jim, just yesterday we talked about the possibility of Adam Kinzinger running for president in 2024, and there was a good reason that was in the crazy martini. Now we've got a different one. You remember a while ago when uh, a lot of those liberal Democratic senators were trying to cozy up to Bernie Sanders, assuming he wouldn't run for president in 2020? Which he obviously did, and so then people like Gillibrand and Booker kind of looked foolish. They got in anyway, and they got crushed. Well, if anyone's trying to do that for the left in 2024, uh, in case Joe Biden doesn't run again, guess what? Bernie Sanders is still not ruling out a run for president in 2024. A leaked memo uh, to the Washington Post uh, said that Sanders, quote, has not ruled out another run for president. The reported author of the memo is Fayez Shakir, Sanders' advisor and former 2020 campaign manager. Quote, in the event of an open 2024 Democratic presidential primary, Senator Sanders has not ruled out another run for president. So we advise you that you answer any questions about 2024 with that in mind, uh, the memo read. So, Jim, obviously a lot of ifs there. If Biden does run, then Sanders, uh, it seems from this memo, will not run. But he's uh, clearly making sure that nobody thinks they can uh, get in his lane. It's kind of like the person that sets up their lawn chair along the parade route like seven hours before it starts on the 4th of July just to make sure I've got my spot and nobody's taking it. And uh, Bernie Sanders would be 83 in 2024. What do you make of this? 
Yeah, I, first, as I described, I noted this at the end of today's morning jolt, and I said, you know, Sanders would have some really stiff competition if he did choose to run. Obviously, Biden would want to either be renominated or pass the torch to Kamala Harris to get the nomination. Obviously, there'd be the GOP nominee, whoever that is, Trump, DeSantis, but also um, the actuarial tables. <laughs> really tough competition. And, you know, really, when they win, they win. It's kind of final and game over. Um just once when some figure is asked, are you thinking of running for president in 2024? For some, some person say, no. I know the strategy is you're supposed to say never say never. And if you say, well, I'm thinking about it, that'll attract some more attention. But come on, Bernie Sanders is 83 years old, as you mentioned, would be 83 years old in his first year. Um, he would, as I point out, he'd be turning, turning 82 right before the primary start. Well, but remember he had a heart attack during the campaign and everybody's just like, eh, no big deal. Now, maybe it's because, you know, he did seem to make a full recovery. He's always been an extraordinarily energetic and loud octogenarian. Um, but this is kind of absurd. It is the one man in the world who, you know, Biden could say he's too old for the job. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I, I don't think he's going to run. I think this is just, you know, some Sanders staffer who wants to retain his visibility and prominence and, importance in the debate but uh no you know come on stop, stop pulling our leg it is definitely long since time for uh younger voices and fresh faces to be leading and taking a bigger role in our politics and i think it's safe time to say oh but i mean the only thing is if he did get the nomination and let's say ron DeSantis was the republican nominee greg do you think the florida vote would be something like 90 to 10. <laughs> Ah, could be, but, uh, you know, Bernie being an older person, he might have a kinship with a lot of voters down there, although I think a lot of them went down there for the very good tax rates, so maybe not. But, uh, you know, th yeah, this is interesting. I'm curious as to who the memo was originally for. It was leaked to the Washington Post, but his 2020 campaign manager obviously sent this to somebody. I don't know if it was to tell potential staffers there might be another go at this or to uh oh, it, took, it was it was written to be leaked to the washington post i'm pretty sure that's the case. <laughs> okay that's probably true <laughs> that's a good one. i mean you have to find somebody to try to sell it and send it to but yeah that's you know that was the point <laughs> well if joe biden's going to accomplish anything in this four years that's positive uh it might be people reevaluating the proper age for a president so after watching biden for four years i'm not sure even the democratic base is going to be like you know what we need even older. That's what we got to huh. do. So we will find out. But uh, I think you're right. I think this is more about publicity than actually running again, because Biden just said, or at least he uh, reportedly told Obama this week that he is going to run again in 2024 because he's the only person that can beat Trump. I don't know. Huh. Yeah. Good, good luck with all of that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Jim, quite, uh, quite a list of people already mulling over 2024. We'll see how big it gets. Certainly got pretty big last time. So have a good day. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, Greg. Jim Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Columbus, Radio America. Thanks so much for being with us today. Subscribe to the podcast, please, if you don't already. Tell a friend about us as well. Very grateful for your five-star ratings and your kind reviews. Also, you can get us on your home devices. All you have to say is play 3 Martini Lunch Podcast. Follow us on Twitter. Jim is at Jim Garrity. I'm at Dateline underscore DC. Have a great Thursday, and please join us again on Friday for the next... Three Martini Lunch.
Hi everyone, Steve Hilton here. You may have seen my show The Next Revolution on Fox News, but did you know about my podcast, California Rebel Base? I live in California. I suffer along with millions of people. The consequences of the left-wing madness that we get shoved down our throats all the time by the Democrats who've been in charge here in what is pretty much a one-party state. Well, I've started this show, California Rebel Base, to fight back, to be a platform for all the rebels who are trying to change things and turn things around. And the reason it matters to everyone, wherever you live, is because as we know, the left-wing madness that starts in California does not end in California. It can infect the whole country. So we need to fight back. To help us do that, make sure you join us at California Rebel Base. You can follow us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to have you part of this movement.